Welcome to the Love Girl Talk podcast. We're here to confront our deepest doubts, celebrate our dignity, and offer softly to land. We invite you to cozy on up with your favorite cup of coffee and share in our sisterhood of self-worth. And as we chat, remember, you are enough. You are worthy. You are loved. host Julie Larkin and with me today as always is my co-host Shannon White. Shannon how are you today? I am good. Again have my Irish breakfast tea at bedside right here ready to record ready to chat. I'm good. Awesome. Well we are super pumped to have our guests on with us today to share her story and stories of many women who are changing the world today. Women celebrating women. So Shannon can you go ahead and introduce our guest and topic for us? Yes, super excited. So today we're chatting with Kate Bryan. Kate Bryan is the founder and CEO of One Girl Revolution. One Girl Revolution is a social platform and podcast that highlights the stories of everyday women who are changing the world through their lives. The One Girl Revolution podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and everywhere you listen to podcasts has featured more than 100 women and their stories to date. One Girl Revolution recently launched a short documentary series, and the first of their series is The Girl Inside, a poignant look at the stories of incarcerated women within Cook County Jail in a life-changing academic course taught by Dr. Laura B. Storytelling as a Healing Art. Kate lives and works in Detroit, Michigan. Woot a city that Kate says inspired One Girl Revolution. So, Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon and Julie. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you. We're excited to dig in even more. <laughs> Perfect. Can you share with us a little bit about your work, where you are right now? How's Michigan? What are you up to? Oh, sorry. Right. Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Detroit, Detroit, (laughs) Michigan. So I'm in Detroit, and that's really where the One Girl Revolution story started. I always say that Detroit really embodies, I think embodies women, but everyone, I think each of us individually. And I joke often that Detroit is the perfect mix of beauty and grit. People always think about Detroit as being this gritty city. But to me, it's always been the perfect mix of beauty and grit. And I think that that's every girl, that's every woman, and that's really every person. And Detroit, actually, the motto of Detroit, which is on Detroit's flag, and I only found this out two years ago, but it's really the, the I guess it was the epiphany moment when I knew what One Girl <laughs> Revolution was going to be. I was reading this book about Detroit. When I moved back, I lived in D.C. for a bunch of years, and Prior to that, I lived in Ireland. I kind of like moved around a lot. I was very much a a vagabond and moved back to Detroit and wanted to get back to my roots. So I started reading this, this book about the city and the book talked about the Detroit flag and the motto. And there are two phrases on Detroit's flag and they are, we hope for better things and it will rise from the ashes, of course, meaning Detroit. But when I read those two phrases, I thought about all the women that I've ever known and how resilient women are and how strong they are. And so, yeah, I'm sitting here in Detroit 
working on working on the podcast, working on a bunch of cool projects for one girl. We actually had a big piece run in the Detroit News today, which is really exciting. Okay. So about world changing women in Detroit, women who have done so many incredible things throughout COVID. And wow. so yeah, lots of good things are happening. Yeah. Wow. Kate, you are so inspiring. I love that so much. And, and so much, so much goodness in there to unpack, you know, hoping for better things and the grit. I want to hear more about the grit of every woman that you've interviewed, that you've known, Mm -hmm. and especially your emphasis on stories. Shannon and I just love that your tagline, right? Your your phrase, every woman has a story. Every woman has a voice. Every woman has the power to change the world through her life. And, you know, at Girl Talk, we're, we love mm. the power of storytelling too. And I think we were so drawn to you because of that. So, so maybe you can, you can kick us off today and, and share a little bit about your story, Kate. Can you, can you share how, how, where mm. you're coming from and, and how you came to start One Girl? Yeah. So I don't often get to tell my story. So it's really, (laughs) I'm grateful to have this opportunity to share a little bit about my story because I think that it really gives a lot of perspective to one girl and really the the heart of why I do what I do and why I care so deeply about Mm -hmm. all these women and their stories. I was born with a really rare immune deficiency called Job syndrome. So Job from the Bible, Job suffered greatly, if you know anything about his story. (laughs) And so people that have Job syndrome are said to suffer greatly. And my youngest sister also has the same syndrome. And when we were diagnosed, there were only 25 documented cases in the entire US. Today, there's only 300. So it still is very, very rare. And what comes with it is is a lot of different things. But for me, I had terrible, terrible eczema growing up. So Mm -hmm. my skin was just so raw, and I would itch and itch and itch. And I couldn't wear a lot of different types of clothes. I had to wear like cotton and Every day, my mom would have to change my clothes numerous times a day. And I had a lot of food allergies and would get sick really easily because people with Job syndrome, their immune systems can't fight off things as easily. Hmm. And so when I was in, I was this like feisty little kid. I always tell people that my parents would say that when I was, when I was four years old, they said that I was either going to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or the dictator of a small nation. Um, because Close. They, or the host right? of an amazing, amazing podcast. So you kind of you kind of hit the nail on that. That was the precursor to Ooh, one girl. That is hilarious. <laughs> but they would talk about that when I was four years old because I would like. Yeah, I would like boss my siblings around and just I was like their little mom. So I would like tell my siblings what to do and take care of them. And you know, if they were not going to bed, I would tell them to go to bed, all those things. And typical oldest sister, I feel like I feel like most oldest girls in families are that way. But But anyway, so I went from being this feisty little kid to when I when I started school, I completely stopped talking in class. Mm. So in first grade, I was fine in kindergarten. And then in first grade, I just stopped talking and teachers were like, this is so bizarre. Like we, when we first met her, she was this really feisty little kid who had a lot to say. And all of a sudden I just wouldn't talk. And my parents thankfully were really clued into their kids' lives and including mine. And so they were like, something's not right. And what my parents ended up finding out with the teachers is I wouldn't raise my, I kept raising my hand and other kids would bully me or make commentary or, I mean, uh, what so many people go through, you know, these bullies, Mm -hmm. adversity. 
And so I didn't talk. And I only recently started thinking about my own story in that way, because I just have never, my parents taught us never to like really dwell on things that we had gone through, you know, we were resilient, we could do anything. And I ended up, of course, like finding my way through Irish dancing and some other things, Mm -hmm. I found my courage again, and found my voice again. But recently, I was reflecting on that. And I was like, I know what it feels like to have no voice. I know Mm -hmm. what it feels like to be invisible or want to be invisible. But then I also know this, the flip side, the resilience, you know, that if we really believe that we are as unique as our fingerprint, if we believe that our purpose in this world is that unique, how differently we would live our lives, how differently we would walk around. You know, we would walk around with our heads held high because we know that we were created for a purpose. And so that's really a part of my story. Um, And I think that that was really the heart of what started One Girl Revolution, even though I kind of started it. I like I told the story about Detroit. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I need to tell women's stories and create this platform that highlights women's voices, gives them the space to tell their own stories. And I, I just it's become something that I never could have fathomed. And I'm just grateful to be a part of these women's stories and their lives and all the incredible work that they're doing. Wow. Wow. Gosh, that that is so beautiful. absolutely beautiful. I love that. And please remember us when you're like big and famous in this world. Like remember us little small people. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember. Yeah. <laughs> I will always remember this girl talk conversation. There you go. <laughs> But hey, talk about the power of one. I know that's a, another little tagline that you like to use too. And you know how just your one story, like this one girl from Detroit growing up, like it's so easy for us to all think like, oh, like I'm just this one tiny little speck of a human among this human race. Like, what am I here for? What am I here to offer? But like the answer really is greatness, right? So I just love that. And, you know, talking about power of one, like, why do you think this is so critical to your work and mission? And, you know, or do you feel like that is something that makes this so powerful is that, you know, one lady's story can really transform a whole room, a whole situation, a whole world? Mm, Yeah, great question. I, I think a lot of times we hear about the power of one, you know, growing up, I think there was a movie out that came out talking about the power of one. And, you know, we always kind of think about that. But for me, I think my perspective definitely through One Girl Evolution has changed on that a little bit. I still believe in the power of one, but I, and more than ever, but I think a lot of times in my head, I always thought in order to change the world, in order for the power of one to be a thing you have to start something big, you have to start an organization, you have to start a movement you have. And I think there's a lot of pressure in the world, especially now more than ever, you have to do things big, you have to have a big following on social media to make a difference, you have to, you know, do this, do that, like all these big things, you have to have your own podcast, you know, like all, there's so much pressure on all of us on people. And I think social media has definitely, you know, elevated that pressure. But on the flip side, I think, the, the power of one really is in the little teeny tiny everyday things that we do, how we interact with people at the coffee shop, how we interact with people at the gas station, how we interact with people who um, are at the grocery store. And I think this past year it has really opened my eyes to that. And I think probably everybody who's listening, it's opened your eyes because 
with COVID, I think there was this big wave the second that COVID hit. Everything shut down. People were panicked. People were freaking out, of course. You know, mm. there was just so much going on. Really quickly, everything shifted. And then all of a sudden, people started recognizing that there were people that were suffering. There were elderly people who weren't able to get groceries. There were children who weren't being fed at school. Um, and so they weren't getting meals. And so all of a sudden, I think all of us, probably more than ever in our lifetime, we've noticed these little things. We've noticed the people around us. And that to me really is the power of one. We always think in, or at least I did, always thought in these big terms, you know, that you have to start something big in order to make a difference. And even One Girl Revolution, when I started it, I thought, Worst case scenario, I do a couple episodes of the podcast and that's a win. And really, it's taken on a life of its own. I never fathomed <laughs> that one girl would be where it is today. And I can't wait to see where it goes. But it's really just these one little steps. And so I just want to encourage everybody to, to change your mindset. You have the power to change the world. And it's not always in these big, big ways. A lot of times it's in the little things. And then you see that kind of trickle out into other things. It creates this like web of kindness. If you do one kind thing for someone, I love those like pay it forward stories where somebody <laughs> paid in the line for uh, for someone's coffee and then that person pays for the person behind them and that person, that that's the power that we have. So I think the power of one, it's just in the little things, but also just doing these little things can have a massive impact on the world. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's it's almost as if it's the power of one little moment, right? Like mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. like you're saying it's so much in the little things and that's that's so powerful and I feel like that's kind of the recurring theme of my life lately and it's 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 the simplest concept and yet so mind-blowing at the same time that as we do these little things, daily actions in the coffee shop or at the gas station like you were saying, it's it really is it it does have that trickle effect and and we bring joy to other people and then they share that with others too and all of a sudden it's this this beautiful web this beautiful community. Mm, I love it. It's so true. That's awesome. So good. So good. And you know, a quick quick little anecdote too. I was talking with a dear friend of mine yesterday. We were celebrating St. Patrick's Day and she was sharing about her family generations ago who came to the U.S. from Ireland. And um, Kate, we'd love to hear some of your Irish stories too. My goodness. I love, love that you love Oh, there. I have plenty of those. I have <laughs> um, and then take me with you next time, please. I'm dying to come back. <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> So my friend was just talking about, you know, her great, great, great grandfather who came over here and how he just made the, that, that simple decision, granted it was a big one, right, to come here, but it wasn't just one move to America. It was really in like all the daily actions of him, you know, working on the farm over there and, and every day doing that. And then him and his wife deciding, okay, what's the next step for our family? Okay, let's take this one little step at a time, come over here, work for many, many years, then get the whole family back over, you know, and the whole the whole story just kept reflecting back into little moments every day, little moments, little moments. And then, and then here she is right here. She is with her sisters and her brother, you know, their whole family was affected by those little decisions that her great, great, great grandfather and grandmother made, you know, mm, it's so true. And I think that the Irish people often forget about the Irish. I just was watching Brooklyn last night. I don't know if you girls mm. have seen that, but 
I love that movie so much. It's so good. But it tells the story of this girl who's, who's an immigrant. Um, You know, she comes over and just all the struggles that she goes through, but then also that whole, that whole series of things that happen afterwards, you know, just how her one choice affects her family that are back Mm. in Ireland. And then you, they kind of paint the scene for like that she's going to stay in America. And then of course, like for generations and generations to come, Mm. you see that. And even me myself, I live, so I actually live in Corktown in the Irish part of Detroit, which is really cool. Um, So I like grew up coming down to Corktown and my grandfather actually was raised um, not very far from where I live. So it's just like Mm -hmm. a really beautiful, like generation, generational thing to be walking on the same streets that my grandfather did as a little kid. It's just really, yeah, it just is really, it's really kind of struck a chord with me lately. But yeah, you see that if you know anything about your heritage, you just can see how many different choices that people made throughout their life and how it affected generations and generations to come. And I think about that with regards to women and girls. I mean, we're the ones, obviously, they're caring and having these children, you know, having children Mm -hmm. and raising the kids. Of course, there are great men involved as well. So we want (laughs) to give a shout out to them. But women really have their legacy lives on for generations and generations and generations. And I don't think we think about that enough. I don't think that women take ownership of that enough and say, you know, what is the legacy that I'm building? What is the legacy that I want to leave behind? And again, like, I think we sometimes like look at our lives and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, I'm already in my thirties and I haven't really lived or I haven't really done anything or I, you know, got stuck in this job that I don't like that I've been doing for five or 10 years. I think we all have those moments, but knowing and taking ownership that we can change our life and we can change the world. And sometimes it's the little things. Sometimes you have a job that you don't like and you do that just so you can chase your heart dream. You know, for so long, one girl has been my heart dream. I know that that has been girl talk has been your heart dreams. And so I think it's really important for us to look at that, look at your life and, and don't, don't have regrets. But look at it and say, okay, what can I start? How can I build the legacy that I want to leave behind right now? What are the little things that I can do to build that legacy? I love that. Wow. What a powerful question. And I think that is one that we should ask. Kate, I love that you're sharing so much about generations to come and how women have such a power and a beautiful responsibility here. I think it just fits so well as we celebrate Women's History Month. So so maybe you could share a little bit about how you see that happening with One Girl Revolution and the women that you've interviewed and the women that you've met and heard their stories. Um, How do you see them affecting generations to come? Mm, That's a great question. Um, Each and every one of the women have their own, you know, unique stories and they've taught me so much. It's been such an incredible joy just to get to know these women and get to know their stories and their hearts and what's what's driving them. And I don't think that we often look, and I would say that about the majority of women that I've had on the podcast, a lot of them are just doing something because they, it's the right thing to do, right? Like mm-hmm. they're doing something. They're not necessarily even thinking about the, the legacy that they're leaving behind. But I look at their story, <laughs> especially with my PR and media background, I look at their story and I can see this legacy that they're leaving. You know, they do one mm-hmm. kind thing for someone or they help one person. They share their story on the podcast and however many people listen to their story and share their story. And like, it just has this massive lasting effect. 
So yeah, I just would say each and every one of them is is leaving an incredible legacy behind and, and changing the world. And I, one thing I didn't say before is I started this because because of my PR and media background, I felt like there were so many stories specifically of women and girls that weren't being told by the media Mm -hmm. because they weren't, maybe they weren't political. I feel like a lot of stories are very politically driven with regards to women or topical, you know, on a political topic. And I was looking around or looking at my social media and seeing these stories of women that weren't divisive in any Mm -hmm. way. They just were doing good things and they inspired me. And I think that you know, we might not go out to to look for to be seek out being inspiring to other people. Um, I think that that would kind of defeat the purpose. But these women have inspired me. I know that they've inspired Mm -hmm. so many other people. And that's what I love so much about this network of women, too, because they love listening to other women's stories or hearing about other women and and what they've been through and uh, what they're doing. And I know that we've already had some collaborations with women. And so there's just so many different ways that you could talk about legacy. But I really started thinking about it. Actually, one of the guests, I know we'll probably talk about some of the stories, but um, one of the guests that I had on probably a year and a half ago, Trish Hadley, she is a photographer and randomly a friend had connected me with her and she uh, only does photography of women. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like, why, why do you do it? And she said that she had thought so much about when women pass away, unfortunately, that they don't often have a photo of themselves to put on like a prayer card or put in, you know, their obituary or it's some like random photo. I mean, all the women who are listening or all the girls who are listening, think about what photos you have. Like if you're going to write an article it's really rare that women have like a headshot ready to go unless they've worked at a job where they have like a headshot. Hmm. And so Trish talked about the legacy element of that. She was like, I want to capture women and their beauty. And then also like, as you age, like obviously your beauty changes, but to have photos of yourself, like that your kids can see and going through different things, especially now with technology and social media and, you know, your people are going to be looking back at photos in a different way. You know, they're not going to be in books most of the time, like what we have from our parents yeah. and, and past generations. But that's really like Trisha's story really touched my heart in a special way, thinking about that legacy, thinking about the legacy of one woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on a bigger scale, I think that, you know, each and every one of these women have taught me to think about our legacy and our power in a different way. That is beautiful. Just keep talking. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the time in the world. I got all the time in the world. There you go. I've been actually dying to hear like some of the specific story tidbits. Like what do you feel like has been some of the most powerful stories? Is it a specific topic? Is it a specific age range? Do you feel you know, is more powerful storytelling or what have you learned from storytelling through all of this? Like, I would just love a little like day in the life of what these women are sharing at One Girl Talk, One Girl Revolution. Yeah, I, there are so many different stories and so many different ages. That's one thing that's been really cool for me to see how it's evolved. And I find these stories all different types of ways. So Um, sometimes I'll see something on social media and literally cold call out to somebody, you know, either email 
their organization or message them on Instagram. Sometimes friends will send stories. I've also had uh, listeners that send in stories. And I think one thing that's been surprising to me is just how how different stories touch me in a different way. I think some of the stories you might just read their story, like uh, there's an episode about dyslexia. And I often give this as an example because I don't really have any direct connection to dyslexia as far as I know. You know, I don't have a family member with dyslexia. I have no experience myself with it. But a listener had written in and said, hey, there's this woman, her um, child had has dyslexia and she started this organization. And so I had her on the podcast and I was so blown away by her story. I learned so much. And so I would say to people who are listening, like, don't also just write a story off because you're like, oh, I have no connection to that. Mm -hmm. If it's a Detroit story, like I have no connection to Detroit. Why would I listen to it? But I've sat with these women and listened to their stories and they've just transformed my life and how I look at the world and how I look at different things, homelessness, human trafficking, Mm -hmm. all different, the elderly. One of my favorite stories is this. So I'll tell you a couple stories and (laughs) they're kind of a variety of different ages, different backgrounds. But one of my favorite stories is this sweet 12 year old girl, Ruby Kate. Ruby Kate is from Arkansas. She's the sweetest little thing of all time. And Mm -hmm. My mom had sent me her story. She was like, there's this really cute girl. She keeps getting all this media coverage and she just seems great. You should have her on the podcast. And Ruby, when she was nine years old, her mom um, is a nurse at a senior living facility and Ruby would go with her mom once in a while um, to work. And she'd just like hang out there. And Ruby just loved all of the seniors who were living there. And so she kind of befriended them and they befriended her. And it became this little sweet thing where she would bring them little treats. You know, they'd ask her to get things that they couldn't get. And some of them didn't have family members that would visit or, you know, anything like that. It can be really lonely. So they loved sweet Ruby Kate. So Ruby ended up starting this organization called Three Wishes for Ruby's Residents. And she's only 12. I'm telling you, this girl is so amazing. And she, so she grants wishes to the elderly all across the country. And now she's inspiring other kids to do a similar thing. So even during COVID, they obviously couldn't go to a lot of the senior living facilities, but they were having different things delivered. So they'd find out at a senior living facility, did the people there like pizza or donuts and have stuff delivered? Or they'd write, they did like a whole drive where they had people and even children. So all the kids that were at home, um, you know, doing school from home, they had a little extra time on their hands and parents were looking for activities for their kids to do. And so Three Wishes for Ruby's residents encouraged kids all across the country to make art or make cards and send them to a local senior living facility. Mm. So I love that story because it just was very real to me because that was one thing that I was thinking about all the, Mm. obviously, you know, the elderly were huge targets of COVID and they were so affected by it. But then on top of that, if they're living in a facility like that, they're not getting visitors. They're not. And just how dark and depressing that could be. But imagine getting a little note card, even from somebody that you didn't know, I can, I love getting mail, you know, so I can just imagine how that changed someone's life. Totally. Especially in this pandemic of loneliness. I mean, we are, we are living in such a a lonely time as we've been talking about. And, 
And you're talking to the the male queen. Shannon writes uh, a bunch of letters every week to good friends, and it's it's so mm-hmm. sweet. So that what that girl's doing is amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, and those are the those are the stories that I love. Shannon, what did you say? <laughs> and I I don't know. <laughs> I said that's awesome. More than a minute. <laughs> oh. Kate, Kate, what were you saying about the the stories? Go ahead. Oh yeah. So, um, so I love stories like that where it's, you know, she ended up starting an organization, but it started out as just her doing what she knew. And she granted these wishes. If somebody wanted a Tootsie roll or if they wanted uh, to watch Dumbo or if they wanted, you know, birthday cake Oreos, whatever the thing is that they wanted, she was just doing what she knew. And then same with writing letters. You know, I think, even what Shannon's doing, you know, writing letters to our friends and family, there are so many people who have felt so isolated. I think probably actually everybody, everybody has felt isolated at some point over the past year, and maybe throughout the entire past year, because you're not seeing family members, and you're not getting, yeah, you're not getting to see people in the same way. So love stories like that. Then there's Katie Steller, who is a hairstylist, and she does free haircuts for the homeless. So she started something, she's in Minnesota, and she started the Red Chair Project, where she drives around, I'm not even kidding you, she drives around with a red chair in the back of her car, (laughs) and drives around the city and finds people that are homeless or experiencing homelessness, and says, hey, do you want a free haircut? And some people that she's given haircuts to have not had a haircut in years. And we all know how power, like oh, how yeah. amazing it feels oh, yeah. to get your haircut. What do we say when a woman gets her haircut? It's like she's she's starting a whole new life, a whole new chapter of her life. So she's giving this gift to so many people. <laughs> right. I just love it. So um, Katie Steller and then, oh my gosh, there's just so many. Mama Shoe is one. She's right here in Detroit and she started something called Avalon Village. And it used to be in the street that she started buying up. She started buying up houses in Detroit ultimately. And the street that she's bought up houses on used to be called Murder Row. So it was a terrible part, terrible part of town. And she has this beautiful mission of buying these houses and flipping the neighborhood. And she's created this community for children in the city, um, she has a homework house where kids can come and get fed for free wow. and have tutors to do homework. They do all kinds of community events. So kids really feel a part of the community and they feel supported. They feel it's a, it really is a family, um, Avalon Village. Wow. And Najabazi is another one in Detroit. And she's working with marginalized women and children. Rebecca Bender, survivor of human trafficking. I mean, there's just so wow. many And it's been so cool to see all these different stories, all different ages. So, you know, from five years old, I've had on the podcast all the way up to, I think the oldest person I've had on the podcast to date is probably like 75. So I need to get, I'm, I'm looking for, for more stories. So always. So if anybody's listening and they have a granny who's doing something really cool, I want to hear that story. (laughs) That is awesome, Kate. I, this is so inspiring hearing. Yeah. All the ages and the, the diverse backgrounds and the, the needs. I love that you're talking about, you know, Ruby Kate just saw this need, you know, of the, the elderly people that she was meeting and the red chair project, you know, that these women are seeing real needs and then responding to them and, it's so cool to hear all the different ways that they're doing that. Do you do you find with the women that you interview is is there so much diversity of background and and creativity? 
Is there a common struggle that you've identified or, or common theme that you've just kind of picked up on with all these women that you've, you've seen as a thread through all their experiences? Yeah, I would say there are a couple that come to mind, but the one that comes most to mind is resilience. So many of the women and girls that I've interviewed have come through something, even the, even the younger girls, you know, they've come through just adversity or bullying, you know, like I shared about my own story. And I think a lot of people can relate to that all the way up to, you know, survivors of human trafficking, obviously, or people who have experienced homelessness themselves who are now helping other people. But I would say resilience and strength. I think women are so strong and powerful and resilient, and we don't often see our own power. And we don't see the power of the women around us as well. So I really encourage everybody who's who's listening to just dig down into themselves and see the power and the purpose that they have. Because I know, and I know you girls have talked about this a little bit, like just with competition amongst women, I don't understand it. And I don't know why it happens because I really don't feel like it should. I feel like the world would look so much different if we all stood together. But that's what these women are doing. They remind me every single day on this podcast, you know, that they are just, they have a mission and a purpose and they're just doing what they know to be right and true. Beautiful. I love that. It's so important. And and the resilience that you're talking about, I mean, what a gift that you had that resilience, right? And the story that you shared when you, when you experienced bullying as a child, you know, here you were this little feisty thing and, and then you're kind of quieted down. And I love the way you reflected that you, you really started to find your voice again. And you, you know, that experience of being invisible and you felt that voice come back to you and, and you had to be resilient and find it. And, and now here you are, you know, highlighting all these women who also, have been resilient. I think it's just such a beautiful mission, Kate. And and thank you for for sharing all of this with me, all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. This, yeah. this is how, yeah, this is how the the this powerful army of women continues to grow is is we support one another and you know we continue to share these stories and be inspired by these stories too. Yeah. 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 But before before you go, Shannon, we've got a, a we've got a couple more questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was actually just thinking while you were talking about these stories of resilience, something that I think blew away both Julia and myself was your um, The Girl Inside documentary and, you know, talking about a population of women, incarcerated women who go so unheard. I just, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, like what an awesome idea. Like what kind of stories could possibly come out of that? Like, I was just blown away. So I just was wondering if you could give us like a little background on like this project, what inspired you to film this? You know, what was that entire experience like to sit down with a woman in the Cook County jail, hear her story, hear her resilience? I just can't even imagine. Yeah, it's, I still can't believe that it happened. It's one of those experiences in life where you still just, I think about it all the time, Shannon. And I think about the conversations that I had. And of course, like the girl inside is only 10 minutes. So you saw 10 minutes of an entire day that we spent with these women. But one one thing that I have always been really passionate about with regards to the to One Girl Revolution is forgotten about populations. And one of those, of course, is the incarcerated population. And women are the fastest growing population within jail and prison. So since 
since 1985, it's more than doubled women and girls being in jail or prison. And I started reading some of those stats. I had had a an incredible woman on the podcast, Kim Boguki, and she started a, a organization called The If Project. And out in Washington State, she's a cop, and she partnered with an incarcerated woman, and they started this project together. So kind of on the, the inside and the outside view, and they started this writing project called The If Project. And so you would a- answer the question. Uh, these They would have incarcerated women answer the question, if, if something were different in your life, what would have kept you out? And it ended up Mm. transforming their lives, uh, but also these women's lives, because then the, the prisons that they, the prison system that they were working with, they were able to help these women stay out of prison. Once they got out, they helped them stay out because recidivism rates are skyrocketing, you know, where people end up back, back in jail or prison over and over and over again. And I think that happens a lot with women, particularly. And so I had talked to Kim, and then I just became fascinated by the incarcerated population. So I was doing Google searches, we've all done that, you know, where you go down this (laughs) rabbit hole, looking at different things. And, uh, and that's actually how I first stumbled upon her story is I'd done a different Google search. But Super long story short, I ended up getting connected through one of the other women that I had interviewed with one girl. She connected me with Dr. B, this professor that teaches mm-hmm. a storytelling class within Cook County Jail. So Cook County, County Jail is the largest jail, single site jail in uh, the U.S. And so I was like, oh, interesting. Like they have this program specifically for women, teaching women. And men had done a couple other semesters. They had had men do it as well. but this particular semester, uh, this professor had focused on women. And she was of the mindset, which I completely agree with, how can you move beyond something that's happened to you or something that that you've done? If you don't know how to talk about it, if you don't know how to tell your story, if you don't know how to process it. And so that, you know, they don't have a lot of programs like that in the jail and prison system. So this was very innovative. So I thought it was really interesting and started working with Dr. B and then working with Cook County Jail. And as you can all imagine, it was the craziest experience getting an entire film crew into a room with these women. And especially the five women that are featured were in max, 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 max security. So we had to jump through a lot of hoops to get them out in order to be able to film. So we spent the day with them and thankfully it was right before COVID and the Dr. B you see in the, in the short documentary, it's again, it's 10 minutes, it's available on YouTube. So anybody can watch it, but it features the story of Dr. B and then these five incarcerated women. So they, we kind of start by talking about what was your first memory of play? So as mm-hmm. a child, as a little girl, and one thing that you, kind of see, but it's something that that I think about often is prior to filming that, I'd had a couple people ask me questions about like, why do you use the word girl? And you might even get that too with girl talk. Why do you use the word girl? (laughs) And I never in my life would have expected to have the conversation that I had behind bars in Cook County. But that was the word girl was the one word that these women latched on to. Mm. And they were like, no one told me when I was little that I mattered. No one told me mm. when I was a little girl, I had all these hopes and dreams. 
and no one told me. And I, that conversation changed my life. It changed my perspective on the use of the term girl. I just think that, that, you know, we all have hopes and dreams as little girls. And you, this is what you see in the documentary. You see them kind of reflecting on that. And then the documentary um, shows the professor teaching her storytelling class and they're doing different vocal exercises and different things. And then they do a writing project and they end up writing a monologue and then they perform it at the end of, at the end of the documentary. And I just was, my life was changed from that conversation with these women. And then their hearts were so open. They wanted to share their stories. They wanted to share their voices. And um, one really powerful poignant line from the documentary, one of the women said, I was an empty shell when I got here. And I think about that, like how many times in our lives have we felt like an empty shell? Like we have nothing more to give and we're just empty. But then this, this professor in this course taught them that they weren't, they were always full. They were always full of life and they had something to give. And even behind bars, even while they're serving time, they have a purpose and they matter. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, Yes, they matter. And that, that line stood out to me so much when you shared that, that one woman's reflection, no one told me that I mattered. I was a little girl Mm -hmm. with all these dreams and no one told me that. And that is that just emphasizes the whole reason we we do what we do, right? Like, why are we here, inspiring women, being inspired by them, and and hearing their stories? Like, we need to let them know that they matter. You are enough. You are worthy. You are loved, right? I'm I'm reminded of this quote that I heard. This social worker was giving a talk, and I I furiously wrote down this quote, and she said, "If every child had just one adult in their lives who was." absolutely, absolutely astronomically crazy about them, it would change their lives, right? Just one. We, we just need one person in our lives to, to make sure that we know that we matter, right? Like mm-hmm. that girl, if, if someone had told her she mattered, her life could look very different. And, you know, maybe she's in this, this very place for a reason. Her life matters right now exactly as it is mm-hmm. and um wow what a what a beautiful gift to the world you're you're doing by highlighting these stories kate wow thank you and i i will give you a fun spoiler alert that i actually just filmed the second documentary in the series so we're doing a series of three stories so uh the next one is going to be a different totally different story mm-hmm. but this incredible woman in milwaukee Uh, Caitlin Cullen, she runs a social enterprise restaurant called Tandem. And so she hires people that no one else will hire. She hires pregnant women, people coming out of jail and prison. So there's an interesting thread there with the girl Mm -hmm. inside and then kids that are being targeted. Uh, It's in a really uh, impoverished neighborhood in Milwaukee. So anyways, everybody can look forward to that, but that should be out uh, this spring or early summer. We will. We will. Please, please let us know. We'll be on the edge of our seats. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that for sure. And Kate, you were, you know, as we wrap up, you were talking earlier, just, you know, some people think you need to start a podcast or you need to be a founder of something, you know, what, what takeaway would you leave with, with the women, with the girls listening? What, what does, what does it take to start a one girl revolution? Just to be you. You were created for a purpose. I, I, Like I said, I think a lot of times we think in our heads and we talk ourselves out of doing the little things or just doing anything. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of doing anything. And we 
sometimes can just do these little teeny tiny things or take one step in the direction of where we feel like our life is leading us or what we're supposed to do, or just do an act of kindness. And if you don't know what your mission or your purpose is, do something for others. Mm. I think that that's, that's something that my eyes have been really opened up to through one girl and through other things that I've done. Volunteer at a homeless shelter, volunteer at whatever, a food drive or in um, my, well, in Detroit, but in a local community, there's a community garden. They donate thousands of pounds of fresh vegetables to uh, a local food bank every single year. And so like volunteer, find something like that in your own community. Or if you don't want to actually do something like that, you can have stuff delivered to a shelter or a women's shelter. So like find out what's going on in your community and do something that will help you find your purpose. I'm telling you right now, if you don't know what your dream, you have no dreams, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You don't like your job. You don't like where you are in life do something for others and that will help lead you in the right direction. But to be a one girl revolution, I truly believe that every single woman and girl is a one girl revolution and that we all have the power to change the world through our life. So just do it, get out there, be you and find your purpose, your passion and chase your dreams. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Spirit of service, changing lives. (laughs) I was just going to say, Kate, you have such a servant's heart. You are just doing so much for so many people. And you know, something we've been asking a lot of our guests before they leave um, is how are you pouring into your cup? You know, you're doing so much for others. What are you doing for yourself? So my love language is quality time, 100%. And so I've gotten to spend time with one of my best friends um, this past week, which has been such a gift. And I'm spending time with family. And so that's really how I fill my cup is quality time with other people, which has definitely been difficult over the, <laughs> over the past year. But thankfully, in, things in Michigan are starting to open back up and people are starting to see each other. And obviously, it's getting nicer. So that's made it easier. But yeah, I'm just I'm filling up my cup by by spending quality time with people that I love. Love it. Love it. And thank you for spending this time with us and for our listeners to find more about you and One Girl and and all these amazing women in your stories. Where can our listeners find more information about you and the podcast and all these beautiful stories? Yeah, of course. I've loved spending time with you girls too. So this has been such a joy. Um, If people want to find out more information about One Girl, they can go to onegirlrevolution.com. So it's the number one girlrevolution.com. The podcast, like Shannon said, is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. So check that out. And then we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at One Girl Revo. So the number one girl, R-E-V-O. And then on YouTube, you can just find us by searching One Girl Revolution. So the number one girl revolution. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope I hope everyone takes some time to dive in. I, I know I love listening to the podcast and just being inspired by these stories. It's it's such a treat. And to have our eyes opened, like you said, even stories that don't necessarily reflect our personal narrative. It's it's so neat to hear from all these different women. So yes, thank you so much for sharing these stories and your time with us, Kate. This is really, you've always been an inspiration to me. I mean, even in the early years of Girl Talk, I remember chatting with you and you really inspired me so much to, to really have Girl Talk take off. So thank you for, for all of that. Oh, thank you for having me. And this is so great. Kate, thank you for being here. You were too. Thank you for putting up with me and my questions and 
my crazy computer. Oh my um, <laughs> you were so patient, so kind. Oh my gosh. Don't worry. This was great. I loved this. Thank you so much. And before we sign off, Julie, what are we doing here at Girl Talk? Yeah, so just a few fun, quick updates at Girl Talk. We are in the midst of Mom Talk now. This is our second season, this spring season, and it's been absolutely wonderful. We've had over 70 moms sign up, and like Kate was sharing about all the stories, the different ages of women, our moms range from 26 years old to 66 years old, and it's been so neat to to see them in the program, to have them launch their mom pods with their their different groups um, throughout the weeks. So that's been really exciting. And then we also have a Girl Talk virtual retreat coming up. So we're digging back deep into our coffee house roots. So we're going to invite women, all 18 plus, uh, to our reflective coffee house morning of personal stories, soothing self-care, and inspiring conversation. So if you're interested and, and you'd like to recognize and radiate your dignity, go a little deeper, come sign up. You can find out more information on our website, ourgirltalk.org slash retreat. And that's going to be on May 22nd. It's a Saturday. So we're really looking forward to that. And we just want to remind everybody today on this podcast listening, um, especially as reflecting these stories, you are enough. You are worthy. You are loved. Love Girl Talk. <laughs>